Hey, man, I hope that you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Um, I've been following Des for quite some time, as most of you probably have, too. And to have her on the show uh, absolutely means a lot. To have a cool conversation is just, like, the dopest thing ever. Um, so thank you, Des. Thank you, Josh, for hooking this up. And um, hopefully you enjoyed it, guys. Uh, please make sure that you check out the Run, Eat, Sleep show on Instagram. It's at the Run, Eat, Sleep show. So check that out subscribe or follow on instagram uh the live version was recorded on instagram and is still there on igtv so you can watch this whole thing if you just loved it so much and you want to kind of put some faces with some voices uh go there check it out or just follow just because it supports um and then also going forward we're gonna start having these shows uh, live on youtube um, so that the quality is a little bit different and better. It, it's, it kind of flows better instead of like having to wait for Instagram to connect the uh, guest. I can control that and I can control when they are seen and not seen and all that stuff. So um, please go ahead over to YouTube now and go to uh, just search Tommy Runs, T-O-M-M-I-E space R-U-N-Z. Um, subscribe to that channel because that's where all of the episodes will be um there might be actually a couple up there already so please check them out um they will be available on audio still as well but um please go ahead and support on instagram and on youtube if you want this show to keep rocking thank you guys thank you des love you please eat sleep wait i can't even i did all that bye guys run eat sleep repeat yo yo Yo, Tommy Runs here. Thank you for being here. Today is a special day for me. Um, today is the Run Eat Sleep Show episode number 70. Today we have a guest that is um, a household name and has been so for quite some time. Um, I've been trying to uh, get in touch with her. Well, have been in touch, but trying to make this work for us, for her to be on the show for quite some time now. Um 2018 Boston Marathon champion, two-time U.S. Olympic uh, marathoner, and 50K world record holder, Des Linden is going to be on the show today. I'm excited. Um, I have I even I have a Brooks jacket on right now because Brooks has also been dope enough to say yes. We'll do a giveaway on the show. You guys like you guys know I love doing giveaways, but it's always appropriate and cool when I get to work with a brand that is uh, also works with Des. So cool, cool. She's going to be on the show in a second here. Um, try to. Uh, you guys can comment wherever you want, but just know uh, we're going to try to focus on the questions that were asked beforehand, and then we'll get to the ones that are in the chat as well. Hey, Des, how are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm. I'm. I was doing. I was doing decent today. Like I had a day off of work, um, so I was already having a good day. But now that you're on this right now, I'm. I'm having a better day now. So thank you so much for there spending the time. Uh, where are you at in the in the in the world right now? I'm in Phoenix, okay. Tempe area. So got some warm weather training. Get out of Michigan for a bit. I've enjoy enjoying your photos. Oh no, no, don't yeah, don't enjoy don't enjoy <laughs> You're very tough. You're very tough. Yeah, don't don't try to enjoy my suffering while you're like down in Phoenix just chilling with your feet up. You know It crushes um, all my excuses. I'm like, man, it's kinda windy out. I'm but, like, oh. 
yeah. complaints. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it was, so next time you're, you're running and it's kind of windy, just think about me and you're like, wow, you know, if Tommy runs can do this, you know, I That's can right. too. You know, I believe in you, Des. You know, I don't care what everybody else says. I believe in you. <laughs> Thanks, man. Um, but yeah, like, so um, how's, how's everything going for you right now? Are you, what are you training for at the moment? Mm-hmm. And what kind um, of stuff getting, getting ready for Boston again. Mm-hmm. So come down here every winter and get some good footing. It's not so much the temperatures because I don't mind running in the cold. Like yeah. there's always gear for it. Yeah. But um, getting the good footing and not risking injury on a little bit of ice is kind of the the main reason. So down here and I think we're eight weeks out now. Mm-hmm. So Maybe yeah. Eight, oh. yeah eight, eight weeks. Oh, yeah. I know exactly how. Yeah, we're eight weeks today yeah. for sure. Yeah, so I'm, I feel like I'm just getting into the training, like really just yeah. getting into it, getting fit, and then I see everyone else who's like just crushing stuff. I'm like, oh man, I'm behind, I'm behind, but yeah. it's also plenty of time. So yeah, yeah. Well, that's I mean, I guess, I guess we, I mean, we can kind of let this because I've this is a very selfish interview because I've had questions for you for uh, forever. So um, yeah, so like we're like you know eight weeks out, and you know, are you typically like right about now feeling like? Uh, you know, how are you normally feeling like eight weeks out? Are you feeling like, great, I'm ready to crush it? Or is it always like, I know I have a long way to go or a good way to go here to build? Uh, what's that like for you? Yeah, I feel like my segments are usually 10 to 12 weeks of really focused mm-hmm. training. Um, so we're, I feel like we're just getting the ball rolling. Yeah. Um, and starting to see little like signs of fitness like oh yeah i can do this yeah um but then like the the problem and the natural problem is you compare it to what everyone else is doing there's mm-hmm. all these people you know just knocking races out of the park and their schedule is totally different than mine mm-hmm. um but i'm like oh man I, i'm just behind even though i always do a 10 week program yeah right <laughs> and yeah, it so, always works out pretty well right right so. and no matter like how much we do the same thing over and over that works for us we still somehow like look at someone else's you know thing and go like oh I should be doing that or maybe I need right. to work a little harder. So I know that ha- that happens to us you know a lot and I, it's kind of surprising not surprising but it's kind of cool to hear that you all deal with the same thought like hey this other person is doing something um, that maybe I could be doing or maybe I need to work harder. And I know that for me and you know some people I know like we look at other people's Stravas and just kind of or in passing you see a post or whatever uh how should we all go about like dealing with um seeing other people do th- do things that and, and realizing maybe that's not where we are in our training and kind of like locking in on who and what we are yeah i think it's just good to know that there is kind of this comparison trap that we all fall into mm-hmm. um and recognize that that's not really the goal like it's yeah. fun to see all that stuff and like, for me, it's just literally the race results. You're like, oh, man, everyone just knocked it out of the park in Houston. Mm-hmm. But I'm never in shape around Houston. And it's yeah, just right, reminding right. yourself, like, oh, my block is not anybody else's block. It's what my coach has prepared for me. And our goals are, you know, X, Y, Z. And it's going to look different. But in the meantime, I think it's kind of fun to look at those results or if it's Java or Instagram and yeah. be inspired. Um, but the comparison is where we start getting in trouble because you don't know what mileage or what terrain, what conditions, there's so many variables and we don't mm-hmm. know what they are. We just see a snapshot. Yeah. Um, so you have to remind yourself that like be inspired, but don't be comparing and get yeah. negative about your own situation. Just recognize where you're at and that you have a plan for where you're trying to go. And and I feel like a lot of, a lot of, you know, your career, I mean, you've kind of, 
always had like the underdog type of vibe um which has been great because like you've always pro- you know proven you know like it's it seems kind of weird like you'll do all this great stuff and then somehow you still kind of come in as like the underdog and still show up um but i think that like in life that's so many of us too um you know we have uh, you know there's not many of us that just walk into every situation like oh they're gonna do great so like how do you like what do you tap into like during training or race day that kind of like plays on that on that on that vibe of like the underdog yeah, I think, I mean, I think it's pretty realistic to be like, I'm good at running, but I'm not a natural, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, or like I got into running, I like it, but I'm not like just going to step in and be kind of the chosen one. Mm-hmm. Um, there's only a very small handful of people that, that get that kind of moniker. So yeah. it's not unusual at all to feel like I have more to prove. Um, but again, it's, it goes back to the comparison thing too, though. It's like, you're really just measuring yourself against yourself. Like how good can I get? And when I started pro running, the goal for me was I want to find out how good I can be. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like I hit that along the way. And now that I'm in kind of the later years of my career, um, it's like, how long can I stay at this level or like readjusting my goals and Mm -hmm. my expectations. And it's silly to keep trying to prove yourself and like, Oh, you're underestimating me or run with the chip on your shoulder. Cause eventually you're just going to get to the point where you can't really prove it anymore. And then like, you shouldn't lose self-worth because, or like, you know, confidence in yourself because it's, you're not able to perform at the same level, but it's readjusting your goals and it's all internal. It's not outside expectations of you should be doing this or you should show us that, or, you know, she's lost a step. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't really care what anyone else says. It's, I have my goals and just trying to check those things off. No, I think that I think that's great. I mean, because we always say like, you know, even on race day, you, you know, you talk about people talk about running your own race. Um, but I think that's even more important, like in life to, to realize who and what you are, you know, in, um, and to take the steps that that you need to take, because uh, you've always had, um, you know, from especially from other interviews I've heard, you've always had a very long game approach to to your running career, um, and I think that that's obviously obviously uh, played out really well for you. And um, I love to just jump back. I'm kind of bouncing all around here, but um, I I heard a, you used to you used to you uh, used to play soccer before you started. You started running, mm-hmm. right? So, can you talk to me about like who you were as like a younger kid playing soccer, and then how how did running become a thing for you? Yeah, I was a little ankle biter. It's <laughs> like the you know the short, I'm like five one, so I it, back then I was half the size, um, and I was trying to play against the big kids, and I had to be fastest to the ball and then get it off my foot quickest. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, as I got older and the other kids got bigger and I kind of stayed the same, mm-hmm. it's like, this might be more productive if I just do the running part. Cause I'm quickest to the ball. I can run fast all game. Um, but I liked it. I mean, I enjoyed being on a team and having that kind of camaraderie and, um, you know, just footwork and skill work with the ball and, um, being a smart player versus just an aggressive physical person. Right. So there's a lot of things that I think translated to running and for me it was like you're putting in all of this uh training as a soccer player because mm-hmm. you're running up and down the field you're doing fitness tests things like that um but i never looked at it as training because yeah. you're young enough where you're like i'm just chasing the ball around yeah. uh and then it was like i stepped into track and field and it was like oh she's a natural 
well, not really. It's just that I actually had been doing a lot of volume or a lot of, you know, work and, and playing other sports too, just makes you athletic. It helps you to be more of an athlete. Mm -hmm. So I think that that also translated really well where running is kind of just straightforward, but if you're more athletic and agile, kind of stay injury free for a longer time. When so like when you're in your era of like track and field when you were younger, kind of getting into it was like middle school was when you started. Mm-hmm. Um, was 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 everyone kind of coming to it with, um, you know, with multi sports in their background, or was it? Because I feel like lately, or it seems like a lot of people are very single focused, and they just know they want to be a runner, and then that's all they do. Um, and then you see other people that have played all these different sports and really pull from that, and it actually makes them a stronger, better runner. When you were coming up, was that normal for everybody to play um, different sports and like that? I think it was. Um, it's hard to know. Yeah. I never like I wasn't like getting background back then. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah, um, like seventh grade. Like so, what do you what did you do yeah. before? <laughs> Where you, where's your focus at athletically? Um, no, it seemed like most people were like you know you did soccer, softball, track, yeah. or yeah. you know like whatever like volleyball. I mean, I mean, it seemed like everyone had their season sport mm-hmm. and that was high school wise because it was like you wanted to be on the varsity team and this is when the seasons were right. um and then if you started to find out you're really talented in one thing or another it was like okay well, i'm gonna do a club and then mm-hmm. the high school season and then club yep. um but it seemed to kind of progress as you got older like okay i might be able to go to college right. and play so let me get a little bit more focused but as a young kid it was like just whatever, whatever. you just yeah. go run around to get out of the house yeah yeah <laughs> And then, well, when did when did that be when did running become a thing like where you were? When did you realize that maybe this could be you know a future? You know, maybe not the big goal, but like when did you realize like yeah, I'm fast enough to to continue this and maybe go to you know high school, college, stuff like that. Yeah, I think in high school I was pretty decent in the on the California state level, mm-hmm. um, and that was kind of like okay, like I can probably run at a D one school. Um, and, and pick a really decent school or go kind of where I want to, uh, given this athletic ability. And so I kind of knew that as like a sophomore, junior, mm-hmm. um, just getting letters and phone calls from colleges. Yeah, that helps. Um, and then I still played soccer through my senior year. Cause I was like, I, I just really like it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then it was a matter of just staying healthy and not getting crushed on the soccer field. Yeah. 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 Stay away from injury for sure. Um, <laughs> exactly. And then, so what? What like what played? What was the decision to make you go pick the college you did? And then, um, kind of talk to me about like how that changed you as a runner, going from high school to college. Because um, I'm really interested to see how people changed in that little short period of time. Yeah, I um, I looked at a lot of UC schools in California. I'm from Southern California, um, and I was. They were all, I mean, good running programs, good education, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And then my high school coach um, was like, you should check out Arizona State. They've got this coach who's really taken, like, people love your ability level, but just make, have, they've had huge breakthroughs. Like, right. they're national class. They're, you know, contending for um, NCAA wins. And their cross-country team was, like, top five in the country. And, mm-hmm. you know, a couple of years prior, they'd been – bottom like last of the, the pack 12 or pack 10 then so i was like all right i'll um check it out and i was pretty decided on uc berkeley my sister went there great academics um and then i checked out asu mm-hmm. and i just loved the culture like the coach was building something that was really special and right. like he just 
had this expectation that you were going to come in and, you know, have the right mindset of, of a champion. And that was like what he expected from the group. And they all really bought into it. Um, he was a really uh, long-term kind of guy. Like, we're going to set you up for years of success, not mm. just like, let's squeeze you and get you right. to make some points at the Pac-12 meet. And right. um, so I loved all of that. And so I ended up, much to my parents' dismay, going to Arizona State over UC Berkeley. Um, but it was great. And I, I had a great time there. It's just, it's a natural, like, it's a tough, tra- anytime you transition to the next level, right. uh, like in high school, you're one of the best in the state. And then, then you're you like, maybe I can make top seven on the cross country team. And so it's just mentally adjusting to that um, and different training loads and stuff like that were, you know, big, big steps heading into the NCAA level. So, and, and so after, when did you decide, because I know you went to, you ended up going to uh, Hanson's with Kevin and Keith here in Michigan. Uh, what year was, was that after, after college? Was that like right out of college? Yeah, I, I graduated in four years. Um, I never redshirted. And then Walt Drenth, my coach at ASU, introduced me to the brothers. He's from Michigan. They're both, you know, Michigan ties. Mm-hmm. And um, I didn't have a ton of opportunities looking post-collegiately, so it was a good fit for me. And they just were super strength-focused, which mm-hmm. I wasn't sure at the time would be a good match, but it obviously worked out pretty well. I yeah, think that's so. that I thrive on that. <laughs> um, so it was a good – it ended up being a kind of lucky fit. Yeah, and at the time, were there a lot? Were there a lot of uh, pro teams for for women at the time? It's pretty small numbers. I think it was Zap Fitness, Hanson's, um, and then like Team USA, Minnesota, and California. Mm-hmm. So I mean, they were all very high caliber, um, and Hanson's were just a little bit more of up and comers. Yeah. Uh, I think Zap was kind of that way too at the time. Yeah, and then you ended up because you're actually uh, you actually ran with uh, Melissa. My, she's my coach. Um, so I, I was just telling her that I was going to have you on the show. She was like, yeah, I heard. I'm excited. She's probably, hopefully she's watching. Um, but you know, can you just talk to me about like that, um, that environment of, you know, of training, you know, that, that, that hard and, and all that strength workouts, you know, in the, in the long runs, getting you ready for the longer races. What was that experience for you? Like, and how did that play into what we see later in the career, that base building? with Yeah. It's super hard. (laughs) You're like, you're just, it's another step out of college, right? And you go like, I got to adapt again. It's a different program. Um, And I think the thing about distance running, particularly stepping up to the longer distances, half marathon, marathon, it's like, it's the advice we don't want to hear, but it's like, you have to be patient. Yeah. Listen to your body. quicker. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So you work super hard and then you just like, I hope this is, meaningful at some point and it took a long time to really adapt and adjust like my first year and a half two years were like pretty rocky where you're like i don't know if i should be doing this like how much longer is realistic um but i bought into it and i was lucky to have people like melissa and dot mcmahon who Mm -hmm. were my teammates there who like they started showing those sparks earlier than i did and i was like okay i feel like i can run with them and i'm seeing their results and i know i haven't had mine yet but maybe like just a little bit longer, a little bit longer. Um, and then all of a sudden it clicks and you're super strong, you're, you know, durable. Um, and then that kind of creates speed and endurance and all of these different things. So it was, uh, I was fortunate to be able to see it in my teammates first. What was that? Um, what was that transition like for like mileage, um, or, you know, um, from college to, to working with Hanson's? Um, I think it was fairly gradual at first. I, I ran decently high in college. I was 70 to 80 miles a week. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, you know, I was 
when I went out there the early couple years, I was still kind of on the track. So I, I was mm-hmm. probably like 80 to 90. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, and then as I got into the marathon, that went up to like a hundred, 150. Yeah. So yeah. it was gradual enough that yeah. it wasn't like, Oh, but what did I get into? Yeah. I mean, and so like what, at what point was that? Like, when did you, was it a decision that you made that you wanted to go, you know, kind of to the road or was it just like the progression and seeing how did that, how did that decision become, you know, come about? Yeah, that's a, it's a funny part of my career. It's sort of this thing where I, I never wanted to do the longer distance. Like, if it were up to me, I'd still be doing the mile. Okay. I'd just be really bad. Um, <laughs> but coaches would always be like, yeah, you need to move up, you need to move up. And I remember going to the Hansons and being like, I'm never doing a marathon. That looks terrible. Like, yeah. I'll do the 10K and maybe some half marathons. Um, and then, again, it was like I watched my teammates kind of do the distance yeah, right, and go yeah. through the whole process of it. And I was like, oh, that looks kind of fun. Yeah. Um, and fun. Oh, you, like s- you, s- you saw fun in that? <laughs> yeah. The story's always like, uh, coach finally let me, even though I was like, hey, coach, can I, can I do it? Okay, like, I've okay. been telling you for years. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that's, yeah, that's awesome. I mean, because, yeah, you definitely did, um, you know, because Melissa, Melissa was there before you, got, before you right? Um, and yeah, and just seeing people around you is, is really cool and, you know, watching somebody grow and maybe they're just a little step ahead or whatever in the program. Um, like how much did like the, we've been, me and my, my friends have been talking about the team aspect a lot lately. Um, even though, you know, running is an individual sport, whatever, but you know, how much did the team environment there help you, you know, kind of flourish in that? Was it just seeing other people do it or was it just an all around um, support and all that good stuff. I think there's a lot of different levels to it. Obviously the financial support from Brooks, yeah. um, the co- coaching that really fit my needs and was a good fit for a long time for me. Um, I think the biggest thing teammates were awesome just like for accountability, but mm-hmm. I think Dot and Melissa were probably in terms of team, like that was my team. It was the three of us mm-hmm. and we've just spent so much quality time together and pushed each other and, you know, you have those moments where you're like, I hate them. Like, what are you doing today? Why are you pushing this workout like this? And mm-hmm. and then you regroup and you're like, oh, I see that they made me better that day. Um, and I think we we all three rotated where it was like we'd have good moments or breakthroughs and that would push the next person, push the next mm-hmm. person. So yeah. I was fortunate to have those two who are um, – we, we actually meshed really well personally too. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like a frenemy situation or anything like that. It was like, get genuinely excited for your teammates and yeah. their success was your success. And, um, that was a really tight group. I love, I love that. I love that part about, you know, you may be like hating them for pushing a workout like that because <laughs> I swear I just hated Melissa like last Wednesday, you know, <laughs> I was just it's like, hard. that's a hard thing to do though. Like afterwards, she's so nice. Yeah, I know. I know. And then you talk to her and she's like so chipper and I'm like, I really wish you were just like kind of mean and rude <laughs> because then it would make the hate that I have for you a little more, you know, I'd feel better about my hate, you know? Totally um, get it. Yeah, she, yeah. She's too good for that. But so, um, kind of jump to jump a big section here to go to like 2011 because 2011 was a really great year for you, you know, especially speed wise or time wise in the marathon and a half. Um, so can you just talk to me about like where you were, you know, mentally, um, and you know, physically in that time of, of your career? Yeah, I just, I had so much confidence then and it was literally like across the board. I ran my best stuff, um, 5k all the way up to the marathon that year, I believe. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I'd been healthy for a long stretch and I had gotten faster on the track and had gotten some marathons under my belt. So I had the, ex- the experience. Um, 
and I just, it was a point where I started to believe that I could compete with anyone in the world. Mm -hmm. And that self belief was like showing up in workouts, like, okay, this validates the belief. And then we'd see a result and that validates, you know, the workouts, Mm -hmm. this is all, they all connect and this is all meaningful. Um, and then, I mean, that day, the day in Boston was like, everyone else gets to see it on a really big stage. Like, mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Like I know she said she wanted to win beforehand, but yeah. who doesn't like everyone does. Yeah, yeah. Um, but afterwards it was like, Oh, she's a contender. She really belongs. But I just think it was, you know, all that fitness in the bank, staying healthy and yeah. then really believing in myself and, and the, the plan I was following. And then you know, to kind of piggyback off like the believing in yourself part about it. And you, and you mentioned Boston, um, you know, getting ready for that first Boston, you were, um, you know, you visual, you mentioned that you visualized like being the Boston, you know, Boston champion. And, um, you said, well, you know, we'll act like one and, and eat like one, all this other thing. Can you kind of talk about that a little bit? Because especially right now, like I'm training for Boston and a bunch of other people are too, and they're training for spring marathons or whatever they're doing. Could you kind of talk about how that, how you use that kind of mental exercise and maybe we can kind of instill it in our lives. Yeah. I I mean, I think it's, uh, act as if you are the thing you're trying to become Mm -hmm. and the less glamorous thing is, uh, fake it till you make it. Right. (laughs) Um, but yeah, it's like, if you want to be a Boston champion, you have to act like it Mm -hmm. and do all the right things. And when it's decision time, like, uh, yeah, I can push this interval because I still feel good. I it's hard, but Mm -hmm. What does a champion do in this moment, right? right? And yeah. when it's, you know, 11 o'clock and your buddies are like, hey, you got to go out for another, like, one, one more beer. Come on, just one more. Like, oh, what does a champion do? Like, I I should, I need to be in bed. This is bedtime. I'm going home. Like, all of those decisions and every moment leading up to it, you start to believe that you're this thing, and then you make decisions accordingly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and at the end of it, whether you get the result or not, you're probably a better person right. because of it because you've acted like, a champion for so long or whatever the thing is mm-hmm. that you're trying to be, you're a little bit closer to getting there, even if it doesn't pan out on that day. Right. Right. Um, and then, yeah. And then, I mean, it didn't happen, you know, what you were looking for, but like you said, number one, you, you gained that, um, that extra tool, you know, for, for training in life. Um, and then, like you said, your, your lifestyle changes a bit. So after that moment, do you feel like you were just you just became a different runner because of that experience uh, leading up to that. Did that help you kind of go forward? I, I think so. I mean, I think mentally it like validates the things I was saying that I like. You have that self belief, but mm-hmm. until you have the result that like pairs well with it, yeah. if this is like this is actually what you were trying to do, and you were so close. I mean, it wasn't outrageous to believe that you could could do this. Mm-hmm. So those things just build confidence and. Um, I had a lot of confidence after that race, for sure. Yeah, yeah, you should have, for sure. And then you, I mean, and then you went to, and then you qualified for, you finished second in the 2012 Olympic trials. Um, and then, you know, went to the went to the Olympics and had an injury. Um, so it didn't pan out the way that you wanted to then. And probably, I guess, hindsight, you probably shouldn't have run. Um, it, was, it was an interesting situation because, one, I didn't know what my injury was. Right, they right. just thought it was tendonitis so mm. like well tendonitis like, can, like yeah, you get through it, that yeah. you know like it'll warm up it'll be fine um and i was doing a lot of like <clears> ultra g <throat> running so there's that and then the alternate situation was really odd where it was like rolling down like fifth place wasn't going to take it sixth place wasn't going to take it seventh place was injured but she might take it mm. like 
and I was third or second. Like, I'm yeah. just going to, like, I kind of owe myself a chance to try. Um, so, I don't know. That was a tricky situation. But I think getting Olympic experience was really important. Yeah. Um, understanding what the village was like, you know, like, knowing what the call room was like, mm-hmm. transportation around, like, to and from venues. Um, I was super confident that I was going to be on another team. Like, mm-hmm. mentally, it was like, this might not go the way I want, but all of this experience is going to help next time. Yeah. And I'm going to make sure there's a next time because yeah. of this. So on paper, maybe people go, hey, you shouldn't have gone. But I think it went a long way for four years down the road. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, I mean, because there's nothing like being able to experience something. Cause, I mean, I know a lot of people will, um, you know, maybe not be at their fittest, but they're, you know, obviously don't drop out the race. You just go anyway, do your best, figure it out. And then it kind of had that experience and then use all those things to lead up to, you know, the next time when you get that shot again. Um, but I kind of want to like talk about that injury part a little bit more because so many of us, you know, have, you know, obviously if you run long enough or hard enough, you're going to have an injury some way, shape or form. Like how, at, even at that level, like how do you, how do you work through an injury and kind of um, figure out what to do while you're down. I mean, because I think that's the biggest thing. People get so, like, bummed out that they can't run, um, and it just, I think there's maybe more to do in that time. Like, how did you handle that? Yeah, I think it's just, again, it goes back to patience, but in, like, a totally different way. And I think you have to be patient with yourself and have a lot of grace with yourself because Mm -hmm. we are, like, we're always our own biggest critics. And um, I think we can just dig ourselves into a negative hole during that time. So it's like, how can I optimize this time and like do the stuff I normally can't do when I don't have time for this because I'm running. Um, and in terms of actually staying fit and that whole thing for me, um, it's like, get out of shape a little bit. It's Mm. okay. You know, and, and only like, I felt like I used, cross training is sort of like mental therapy. Like I actually just need to sweat. That makes me feel better. Uh, getting around and moving a little bit, like I feel better, but, um, I think that just not trying to be a certain level of fitness or like, I got to make sure I'm in decent shape. So then when I come back, I'm ready to go. Um, like I brought back my muscular skeletal along with my cardio Mm -hmm. vascular like they came back together instead of like cardiovascular here muscular skeletal here and then you're like but i want to i want to push i want to push because you know and and then you're just like reaching for something that's gonna get you injured again so for me it's like i'm just gonna get out of shape and then we're gonna do it all back together um gradually and and stay patient which is super hard like oh yeah it's so tough (laughs) Yeah, I had I had a stress fracture in like 2020, um, and I was up for four months, but like it took so it it took me two months to like or a month and a half to like chill out and stop trying to do stuff because it just yeah. wasn't it wasn't making it better and it was driving me crazy. Um, and sometimes you just feel like you have to just not walk away, but just like detach a bit so you can kind of start fresh when the time comes. You're not just mentally worn out from like fighting an injury for four right. months, you know? Yeah. Um, and then I'd love to, I hate to go from like hard, hard time or rough time to another rough time, but That's like, okay. I'd love to talk about, you know, a little bit about 2017 when you, you know, you decided that you need to take a step back a little bit from running um, mm-hmm. and kind of just, just talk to us about that moment and what led up to it. And during those times, um, because from interviews that I've heard before with you on it, there's so much to take from how you went about that. And then obviously what happened the next year, but it just kind of shows what some of the ways you went about that moment in your life, we could take it and use it for work 
where we don't want to work, you know, we don't like our job anymore or, you know, um, all type of different situations. I think we can learn from what, how you handled that. So if you could, that'd be, that'd be great. Yeah. I feel like that, um, I ran Boston that spring and then I just felt like I was trying to force things and force things. It was kind of like what you're just alluding to with your injury mm-hmm. where you're like, I'm trying to do too much and it's just, it's kind of all going against me. Um, and that's how I felt, which I don't know if on paper it made a lot of sense, but it was like that I I wanted that win so bad or like that one meaningful moment. Um, and I just felt like I was kind of spinning my wheels, like not getting any anywhere, making no progress. And so I feel like when I get in scenarios where I'm, I'm forcing things, um, I have to step back and go like, I just need to like, and I, I do this when I tell these people, like, when you're running hard and you're super tense and your elbows mm, are, right. your shoulders are up in your ears and you're like, yeah. you're trying to force it. And, and I say, relax and let the run come out of you. Um, and I felt like I was doing that on a different scale where I was just fighting against everything. I was like, you need to relax and let this thing come to me or like reset how I'm, I'm thinking about it. Just need to be more relaxed about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it might not ever happen, but at least I should be happy and, yeah, and yeah. enjoy what I'm doing and not be so tense. Uh, so I took a good break from running. I want to say it's like I want to say it's like a month. I've heard like in hindsight, people say like a month to three months. Mm-hmm. Um, it was probably somewhere in the middle there where yeah. I just took a mo- like a month off running, and then when I was ready to go again, it's like if I feel like running today, mm-hmm. I'll go out and do it. If I don't, I'll do something else mm-hmm. and. Um, then that was like a slow buildup where I was like, okay, like I've kind of built up to my routine again. And it was a good way to remind myself I actually like enjoy the process right. of running. Right. And it right. wasn't about getting that result or finding that race where I could have a moment. It was like, I just want to go out and run and explore places and feel fit. Yeah. Um, and then that kind of snowballed into like, now I want to do workouts. And, yeah. Oh yeah, I do like racing too. And so it was just a necessary reset. And I think it kind of came on the tails of 2016 games, yeah. which obviously because of the injury in, in 12, that yeah. one was so meaningful. And then it's like, okay, we have all this momentum. Let's figure out the next thing. So there's no post-Olympic lull. Um, and it all kind of just hit at once. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was a good time for it. Just like hit reset and then figure out what's next. Yeah, and then so and when you came back to it, um, I mean, obviously you said you f- kind of found joy in it again and you know, really wanted to, and you didn't have any like big, big plan insight. But when did you, when was like the, what was the next race after that that, you know, that you decided like, hey, I'm going to train for this? Was it, was it Boston? It was probably Boston. Like, I think that everything else, it was kind of like, I put stuff on the schedule, like, I'm going to do a cross country race, yeah, yeah. So I'm going to do a 5K, like, I was training for them, but they weren't like, yeah, oh, I really hope I win this 5k. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I just want to go do something and have fun. Um, Des, and those Des are all kind bully. of fed into Boston. Yeah. Des the bully goes to a, a local 5k, yeah, 5K and line, she lines up all serious. Yeah. Um, so like, so when did you, when did you start training for, was it a normal 10 week or was it, because, did you do anything different because of, uh, the time off a little bit that year before? Um, I mean, I think the stuff building into it was a lot shorter, which Mm -hmm. I was doing like cross country and 5k. And I think that was kind of necessary to just sort of try something different, not compare myself to what I've been doing in the past. Um, and then I did a 10 to 12, probably 10 to 12 typical buildup from there. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think a lot of it was a lot, like, I think 
in doing the 5k shorter stuff cross-country stuff like it's almost more like a fart like mentality we're mm-hmm. like just go by effort like, yeah. you don't need to see a split you just need to go and try to run hard and mm-hmm. then take a little break and then hard again yeah. um and so early on in that build-up it was a little bit more like just go by effort mm-hmm. and then see where you're at so i thought it, i thought that that race would be like i'm just back to where i left off i mm-hmm. haven't had like any improvement um so that was kind of my mindset going into it. It was like, all right, well, I'm back where I was. Yeah. Was was that training block in like any better, different, harder than before? Or was it just kind of, well, what was that one like for you? It was pretty similar to all the things in the past. Yeah. I mean, like, I try not to read too much into marathon training, like uh, workouts. You know, it's like yeah. you just do the work and yeah, yeah, you yeah. hit the numbers. Or if you don't, you're like, well, I've been doing a lot. Like, there's no one day to hang your hat on. You're yeah. like well, that's solid, and it's, like, three months of work or ten weeks of work, you know? Yeah. And you're like, yeah, so that's pretty good. So that's kind of how I felt about it. Yeah, I think that I, I like I like that a lot because a lot of times we, we especially as amateurs, or I'll speak for my amateur self, um, it's like we always look for, like, the one thing, you know, uh, the one tempo or the one workout or the one long run that's, like, the thing. And I don't know if Melissa just wants, just likes for me to be down on myself or something, but I, I don't never, I never have like the one workout. It's all just it from, it just from start to finish of a block and you just wake up every day and you do the run and you try to hit the splits and you, if you do great, move on to the next one. Um, but I think that like, that is, is a really cool way to look at it. Cause a lot of times we get so worked up on like, when are we? when can I, when will I be able to find out that I can do this thing, you know? <laughs> and as a pro, like, is there, I, I don't know, it feels like weird to ask you, but do you ever like have those moments where you're like, hey, um, I'm, I hit the pace, but can I do this for 26.2? I mean, that seems like a crazy, <laughs> that seems like a crazy question to ask you, but did you ever have those moments? All the time. <laughs> okay. I was, I was like, okay, this is it. I'm like, this is about to be the dumbest question that Des has ever been no. asked. Okay, go ahead. That's a very, that's like, it's all the time, you know, it's, you get into a buildup and you're like, I don't think I'm be able to make it the whole way. There's no way. Like I haven't, is this enough? You yeah. know, or, you, and that's the thing about the marathon that's kind of fun is that little bit of a fear of the unknown because you don't, you can't train up to the point where it gets hard, like the re- the thing you really need to train for is like those last six miles where it's really hard and you're depleted. Mm-hmm. But if you train in that area, yeah, yeah. you're gassed, you're done. Mm-hmm. So you have to train up to it and then hope that when you taper, you're going to be ready to go through it. But yeah. I think a lot of times what we want is to show we're fit in training mm-hmm. instead of get fit in training. Okay. So like the difference, right? It's not about proving you're fit. Yeah, yeah. It's about getting yourself fit. And yeah. then when you race, you prove that you're fit. Yeah. But mentally, we want to know before we go out there and stick our it's necks just, out. It's just so scary, though. You know? <laughs> exactly. Like... I mean, it's just like, and I wonder because we actually like my friends are gonna be like, "Yo, you're really taking our private conversations to like a, to an interview," <laughs> but like you have like these moments where, I and I just when I was saying it earlier, I'm like, "Well, I know for sure pros don't have, they know, they get it, you know." But it just seems crazy to like it's so scary at mile like ten, even though you hit all the splits, like that's the thing you'll hit all the splits, and then you'll still say like. 16 more of that you know it's like i can't exactly. i don't know how i can do this um but you just made me feel so much better that that it's not just it's me. universal it's not just me and i'm so happy right now 
Um, and yeah, now I don't even know where I was going with this. Now I, we could just end this whole thing. Oh yeah, see, uh, Aaron, Aaron's my friend. He said this is this is the group chat in podcast form. So yeah, this is great. Um, so to be honest, I started running in 2018, and I like earlier in the year, uh, like maybe May or March or something, March or April or something like that. And then, so I remember sitting, watching uh, the Boston Marathon 2018. I barely knew, like, names, but I knew I liked running and I wanted to watch this thing. And I also lived, like, in, in, Boston, or in Boston area for, like, six years, so I know how much the Boston Marathon means to New England as a whole. So, like, I'm like, hey, let me just watch this thing. And I didn't know who you were, really, because I was new to the sport, but I'm watching you do this thing. And I'm like, we're see, like you're all over the place. It's like you're helping her, and then you go here, and it just was really cool, like how it all came came to play. And you probably told the story ten thousand times, but um, what part of like, what was your favorite part other than winning? What was your favorite <laughs> part of when you're looking back? What was your favorite part of uh, the 2018 Boston Marathon? I think it was the decisions where I was like, I'm going to help somebody else. Mm. Um, and for most of that race, I was like, I'm totally stepping off because yeah. like I alluded to earlier, I was like, this is, I'm just getting back. You mm. know, like, I feel like I, I haven't gotten any better since 2017. Like I'm just a stepping stone for the fall or whatever's next. Right. Um, and then you look at the conditions, you go like, how long is it going to take to recover from this? It's going to yeah. be significantly worse. This is terrible. Yeah. And so a lot of it was like, you know, like, let me help Shalane catch up to this group. Mm-hmm. And in the process of that, it was like, I, I look back at one point and I was like, Oh, actually like put a little gap on her and to like slow down and work with her. Yeah. Um, and that was interesting. Cause you're like, I, I feel okay. It's, it's fine. I'm not like, once your mind's off how miserable it was, yeah. it's like, Oh, I'm, I'm doing all right. And then the second time that happened is like Molly huddle was out front chasing Daska. And like, it was just this long line stretched out behind her. And it's like, that's not going to end well. Yeah, <laughs> like, there's yeah. too much like, like real estate. Like she's just a, basically a pacer for this group. And whoever's behind her is going to be her because yeah. she's doing too much work. And so same thing. It was like, I, I think I'm going to, drop out anyways like because this is miserable so i'll just go up and and lead as long as i can and then when i get sick of it i'll step off um and it was the same thing like when i was working in service of someone else like i'm doing this thing for somebody else and you stop putting the attention on yourself and how you feel and Mm -hmm. what's your situation and then all of a sudden you're like oh actually this isn't i'm fine like actually I'm, i'm okay here so i thought that was an interesting just mental experience um, to have that and be like, oh, this was totally planned as something else. And then I ended up helping myself in the process and just how we can work together um, to lift people up. Yeah, I think that's so cool. I just because I just heard recently someone say, um, or I think it might someone say, is I think it was like an Instagram post or something like that. Um, But it was like next time that you feel um, like you're in a rut or you feel down or whatever it is, um, look for someone that's less fortunate than you and try to, you know, try to help them in some way, you know, offer some sort of help. And then like in that service to someone else, um, your, your, your perspective will change on your, most of the time your perspective will change on your own situation. And then it'll also take you away from thinking about yourself so much um, and kind of have you refocus. And it's really cool to see that work out for you 
in a in the physical, you know, in in a, in a mental sense as well. So that's that's just that's just mm-hmm. a dope experience. And watching it happen was really it was bizarre. It's like, <laughs> how is this happening? You know, um, it is the strangest day. <laughs> did the did the uh, did did running in Michigan all those years pay out? Like, did, were you thinking about that at all? Like, yo, I'm so glad I live in the worst weather state ever. <laughs> I mean, I think it did. I, I really do. I think just you can't really prepare for that because no. even now you're like, I would take personally, I would take like the minus five wind chill of minus 15, but whatever, it's only snowing yeah. um, over rain and 30 something. Like yeah, yeah. You just, there's no, like when you're wet, like there's no way it's just miserable. Like, that's it, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, but I've done plenty of long runs like that. So just not for that long. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think there's something to having done it before. And then I worked at Moose Jaw Mountaineering for a long time. Mm-hmm. So I literally sold jackets for every condition. Like, <laughs> no, you don't want that one because it's not breathable. It's yeah. like, I know it's waterproof, but you're going to just start sweating and then you're going to pitch it. And then you're going to be like, shoot. So like also being able to be like, that's a ba- that long sleeve t-shirt's a bad decision. Like mm-hmm. you're going to regret that. Yeah. Um, like I was best dressed for sure. Um, and it just had this random, random thought just right then at that moment. I was not planning on saying this, but I think the best, the coolest thing in the world would be for you to commentate your own 2018 race. That would be good. Cause, so you've done a just like super weird segue, but so you've done six of those things so far. And I think that you are excellent at it. So you, you. you've done, so what was your first one? Um, I did the marathon project and it was kind of just a, Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like, Oh, I'll do that. If you don't, if you don't have anyone, like I'll throw my name in the hat. Yeah, Josh yeah. was like, okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I, I he's Josh is, Josh yeah. is like, I know a guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but so, so like, how has that been going for you? Like, I mean, are you, is, are you, how are you approaching that? Cause it's a new, new territory way outside. It was, it, it's in running obviously, but just way outside of what you, what you, you know, came up doing. So like, how's that coming for you? Yeah. I, I love it because, um, it's so not me. Like it's just this huge ask of me to like, you know, put on a headset and have a huge personality. I can talk about track. That's fine. But, um, I don't know anything about TV or broadcasting or any of that stuff. Mm -hmm. And so it's like learning the marathon again, where there's so many different things I need to figure out. Um, and there's so many things I get wrong each week, but then I go back and I'm like, Oh yeah, I can't like, I understand this better. Like I'm more organized now. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's just learning something brand new. And I love that. I'm always interested in, um, learning things. Mm -hmm. I think that'll be something I do for the rest of my life. Like I'm take on a new hobby because I don't know anything about it. Um, and so I'm having a good time with it. And then it's, it's also terrifying because you're learning something and usually like, your first week of work is not in front of yeah, yeah. a live audience. Yeah, your first day. <laughs> so, yeah, your first day at work. Yeah. When I'm like, you know, learning on the fly and it's obvious that I have no clue what I'm doing <laughs> in the moment. Um, like everybody knows, but uh, it's, I don't it's know. kind of fun to just be in that hot seat and be like all right figure it out yeah right yeah so well i mean i don't know like it, I, I listen to I've, I've watched the marathon project a couple times because that's what i do oh, nice. um but um i don't know like i'm like I, I i was definitely rooting for you but i don't feel like there was a moment where i was like wow she's really bad at this or like she's the first time <laughs> i felt like maybe i missed something and you had done it before so i you're doing great and i loved Thanks. i loved the last one uh, in new york and at the uh, at the armory uh you you just did a great job and i just like i'm Thanks. like she 
I hope she continues to run because she's really good at this. So don't stop running, please. Um, and Perfect. love to really quick. I know we're getting here crazy on time here, but so can you talk to me about the fifty k world record? I mean, when like, you know, you you've been running for a long time now, and it's not like you know, it, it seems like a big thing to say like, hey, I'm gonna go after a fifty k world record at that. Like, so what was the pro- what was the process of like realizing maybe you wanted to do something like that and kind of enter the ultra running, you know, world. Um, just talk to me about that process to decide to go that way. Yeah, I think that's kind of always been the next step. Um, I definitely have the engine to, mm. to do it. And I spent a lot of my early career being like, oh, I'm a miler. I don't want to <laughs> do that long thing. So then people would be like, what about the hundred K? I'm like, absolutely not. <laughs> and I decided to just get out of my own way. Like, yeah, maybe I should try that. I could yeah. be good at it. Um, but obviously taking off a little smaller bite with the 50k and just mm-hmm. experiencing it so covid i mean it was trying to find like upside right. in that weird time yeah um knowing that i wanted to go there anyways and then it's kind of what we talked about earlier with that like little bit of a fear of the unknown mm-hmm. um and those late miles like can i really do this mm-hmm. um, i feel like with the marathon i've done so many i'm not comfortable with it because it's always, always a challenge and it's always hard but yeah. um I usually know what's going to happen and how it's going to unfold. And like, I have a pretty good handle of what I'm ready for and what I'm not ready for. Mm -hmm. And the 50 K was like just long enough that I got scared again. And it was like, I have to do everything perfectly because I don't know what's going to happen after 26. And this is all unknown territory. So nutrition's got to be perfect. Training's got to be perfect. Like, it was just like, so again, like, like learning something new. It's just yeah. like the broadcast where you're like, I don't really know what's going to happen after this point. So <laughs> I'm, I'm excited to be like finding out. Yeah. Was the, so yeah. So when, in my first uh, marathon, like I had, it was the, uh, it was the Hanson's plan and I it, it topped out at like at 16 miles uh, of a long run. I think I did it maybe twice. And so like in the marathon, I passed, I, I, I hit 16 and my watch beeped. I looked at it, saw 16 and I was like, well, <laughs> Here we go, you know. Was there a point like uh in the fifty K where you realized that you were in a in a in a new place? Oh, it was immediately after the marathon. Yeah, like um, so like so, right so there. we did this out and back course, it was um I can't remember what the mileage was, but it we crossed the the start finish line was at the marathon point and yeah. then you were literally running away from the start finish line. Oh. So like mentally you're just yeah. like, hey, I've never been here before, this is getting hard. I'm going the wrong direction <laughs> until I turn around. Like home is like getting further away. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was a little daunting, but it was also like it was fun to be there and be like, oh, "This is literally what you signed up for. This is what you wanted to find out about. Right. Um, dig in and, and see what it all means, and, and try to get the most out of yourself." So. Yeah, I the, that's my my worst. The worst thing on any run, easy run, workout, whatever, is like having to pass. <laughs> where you're supposed to stop at it's like no i can't i don't want to do it like i'd rather you know like we got to figure this route out a little differently i don't want to go further on the opposite end yeah yeah like let's just keep going down that way like because you want to see the finish you know you want that like that that moment you know but it was really cool like watching and seeing you seeing you do it and seeing all the posts after and hearing a few of the interviews that you've done so hopefully 
uh, you keep going in that direction because we we'd love to see you just keep trying the unknown. Um, yeah. And do you have some time for some questions? Because part of this whole thing was uh, Brooks actually uh, said that they would do a giveaway with with us or with you you and I, and it's a, a pair of shoes up to two fifty and a full like it's basically head to toe. So like hat, jacket, pants, socks, I guess whatever, and shoes. Um, so we have some questions that were asked beforehand, and that's how they you know got into the contest. And so do you mind if I ask? a few that stood out um, kind of over and above the others? Yeah, fire okay, away. Cool, cool. So let's start with uh, this one from, uh, I'm not even going to try to do the name because it, <laughs> because I just, I'm not, I don't even know how to pronounce my name half the time. Um, so is there anything you learned in training from the for the 50K, good segue, that you now utilize in the marathon training? That's such a great question. It's funny. Um, when we got through it, like right before, before I even raced, my coach was like, this is so great. I don't know, care what happens, but I have so many new tools that I'm going to apply to your marathon training. <laughs> oh. And, um, you know, I think some of the things were like, I would do really long warm ups before my workouts. Mm-hmm. And then like, that would be paired to a long okay. run. So like six yeah. mile warm up, and then, you know, like four by three miles or whatever. And the workouts just went so much better. That really long warm up just made a huge difference, which mm-hmm. is kind of funny. Um, so it's like, now we do a lot of workouts within long runs okay. And then it was the first time I did the uh, long runs over 20. So you have like the 16 mile mm-hmm. thing. We did 20. I, mine was were usually 20, but for that we went 22, 20, 22, 26. Um, and I just felt so like, I felt so strong after those workouts, like sessions within mm-hmm. the long runs and going that distance helped me a lot mentally. So we'll use that going forward as well. So, so for most of your training for the marathons in the past, you, you were, you were topping out at 20 for the long runs. Yeah. Well, that's cool to know. Okay. Yeah. All right. I wrote that. <laughs> I wrote that one down. Um, so, so with the day Melissa goes like, let's just try twenty two. I'm like, no. Des, <laughs> Des, <it> <laughs> Des said. Um, all right. So uh, Lex runs life says, uh, what is the most important uh, thing for a first time Boston marathoner to know? And I would also be asking that question because it'll be my first time too. Yeah. Um, do some downhills in your workouts. Mm-hmm. Make sure you're getting the downhills in. Um, everyone thinks about the Newton Hills. They have practice climbing and do all the uphills, but it's predominantly downhill course. So you got to get the quads strong, mm-hmm. um, and then do some stuff, some work on your hamstrings too. Like if you can do some strength training that mm. kind of targets the hamstrings, actually they'll do muscle biopsies, uh, on athletes after the marathon mm-hmm. and their hamstrings are more damaged than the quads. So mm. even though we feel it on our quads, the hamstrings get pretty beat up. All right. Well, I, this is all yeah. type of notes for me. Um, <laughs> Uh, four eight two zero five underscore CJ. I can pronounce that. Um, uh, how how do you balance your social life and training for a marathon? I have no social life. <laughs> <laughs> that is no, a lie. Uh, we all follow you. That is a lie. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm I I said this on Twitter recently. I have about a ten week attention span. So I'm down here in Phoenix, and I usually pick a spot where I'm like, no one knows me, no one cares about me. Like I can put my head down and run. I used to go to Kenya, and then I went to Mammoth for a couple of years, mm-hmm. um, and I'm down here in Phoenix where, like, there's, like, three people who can get a hold of me, mm-hmm. and they'll all be like, oh, let's go out for beers, and I can usually, like, fight them off for a couple of weeks, yeah, yeah. Um, and then I cave once or twice, but that's, I mean, I just have to go to training camp mentality, and yeah. uh, it's act as if you are the thing you're trying to become. Right. Know, what would a champion do right now? That's good. Yeah, so all my friends that are trying to get me to go out, the answer is no. Um, so Shay Anonymous says, uh, when race conditions aren't ideal, uh, and you don't feel great, 
um, I think you've done this before. You've been through this before. Um, how do you work through it mentally? I think there's two different things there. I think if the conditions aren't great, you have to adjust your expectations. Like if it's hot, scale back your goal time. If it's windy and headwind, like you got to bring it back into something that's realistic, which is super hard because you know, like I trained for whatever time, but the effort's going to be different on the day. So you have to adjust your expectations and your goal time. Um, Not feeling great. It's a different thing. And I'm kind of a person who goes like, there's so many times in training where you don't feel great. Like you have the long run where you're tired or the workout where you stayed up too mm-hmm. late the night before and you just go and do it. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't, you go and do the workout and yeah. we train through that. So we can still run really hard and hit our goal. Mm-hmm. Even we don't, we don't feel well. Yeah. Um, the question I ask isn't how, how do you feel? It's, am I ready? Yeah. Like I've done all this work. I've done it on days where I felt great. I did it on days where I felt meh. Um, so yeah, I, I know I don't, like feel great but i'm prepared so right, who cares right. how i feel right. it's just sort of like the mindset there that's a little bit different yeah it's like it's like don't yeah because with it, the marathon especially when you're when you're you don't get any sleep the night before a marathon everybody knows that <laughs> it's so much going on and it's so easy to not feel all that great you know on the day of so it's like don't yep. let don't let one morning you know of fe- not feeling or you know whatever because that could be mental too you could be psyching yourself out um, yeah. throw away, you know, 12, 16, 10 in your case, weeks of training, you know, and you've, you've yeah. done all the work for it. Um, no one feels good during the taper. <laughs> yeah. The, the taper is, the taper is a dumb thing. Like, I mean, it's, yeah. a, I feel like it should feel better than it does. Um, it's probably, it's probably worth it. You know, it doesn't feel that great. Like I was hoping to like, oh, this is going to be great. I can taper down. And no, it's not that, it's not that at all. <laughs> it's, it's actually probably weirder than like week like eight weeks out, actually, which is strange. Um, and then so uh, we have one more, so a couple more actually. Is that okay? Mm-hmm. Sweet. Uh, so we have uh, when training when training isn't going going your way and what you want or to expect. Um, how do you keep yourself motivated in training when it gets weird? Um, I think you have to make some adjustments. There's that. Uh, you know, if it's pace is too aggressive like Mm -hmm. you have to kind of bring it in and just kind of find some confidence again Mm -hmm. um you could do that by adjusting the actual numbers or like go to a fartlek type situation for a week where you're just going by effort um but i think you know motivation wise it's you can't get too locked into the numbers like make those adjustments but the goal is still the goal like if it's to finish boston or to qualify or you know you it's again it's that big block of work not right. just one week or one right. workout so you have to think sort of long game about it and even if you don't get it in that segment it's like this is all going into the bank mm. then mm. maybe i just have it one more down the road yeah um, it's, it usually pays out yeah there's no wasted marathon segment you know right so um, and then um let's well i guess we'll just kind of round it out a little bit um I'm going to change one of these questions because I think it you kind of answered that one for how to like r- power through rough patches in training cycles. But like, how do you uh, how do you p- power through a, tr- a rough patch in a race? Like, wh- where do you go to mentally to just keep uh, to get through that that patch? Yeah, I think a lot of that is predicated on. Well, we start thinking about how far we have to go, mm-hmm. and and so you're, maybe you feel bad and it's a moment, but you're like, man, I have seven miles to go. Mm -hmm. And that sort of creates like a negative feedback loop because you're like, I feel bad. I have so far to go. 
now I feel a little worse. I don't know if I can make it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I break the race down into like manageable sections. And sometimes it's like, get through this mile, like just make sure we're focused on form, like whatever it may be, that's going to just keep you focused in and present for the moment. And sometimes it's shorter than that. It's like, okay, get to that stop sign right there. Mm. Um, and when you do those things, you're like, okay, that was a little success. Uh, and then set yourself up, like catch that one person right in front of me. Who's mm-hmm. I've been closing in on them for three miles. Like just catch them. Yeah that's your goal for now. And then you catch them and you go, Oh, that, that was a success. Yeah. And so it's mentally, it's a lot like in Boston where I was like, I was helping someone else out and I go, Oh, I got that done. Great. Like, yeah. and then that's a positive thing instead of, I have so far to go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's just the mentality again, yeah. of um, set little goals up that you can check off and have successes along the way. It's, it's so crazy like that, how much, you know, when you hear people say like running, the marathon is like life. And when I hear like Kipchoge say that, I was like in the beginning, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, sure. It's easy for you to say. But it is, it's so true that running is like, because if you were just not talk about running right then and say the same thing you said, it just, it it's so helpful to like set small goals, um, you know, like oh, sometimes when I'm having like a down time just in general, like I'll ask myself like, what's one thing I could do, get done today? that would make me feel like today's a success, you know? Um, and then that just kind of helps us go. And then at the same time, you know, obviously, you know, picking that, that, that to hear you say that you pick a stop sign <laughs> is, <laughs> totally. is incredible. Like, yeah. it's, it's awesome to know that, like, it's not just us that are like, you know, like, just make it here, you know, we could do it. Um, but you are an absolute, um, it's been an honor to talk to you and you obviously all that's been happening in these in this like feed right here is how many people you know they love you you're their hero all that stuff and you've been uh, a stellar uh, role model for a bunch of us you know running in in and outside of like uh, off the course and thanks so much for pursuing your goals and kind of letting us in on it every now and then as well with these interviews and things like that and then sharing you know on Instagram and because we, we're all watching where we can't wait to see what happens for you next um, so I just want to take this moment really quickly to say thank you for all you do and for being here with me today. Oh, appreciate it. And thank you. I, I think it's always awesome to get a chance to share our stories and with like-minded people who follow the sport and are interested in it. So appreciate that you have this platform and, um, I can't wait to connect in Boston. Yeah. High I five you. Yeah, no, for sure. I can't like, and I, I bugged Josh, by the way, I bugged Josh for like a year and a half for this <laughs> So I'm glad it worked out, and I'm glad I caught yeah. you uh, in in warm weather and in a good in a good mood. Um, so really quickly, I just want to go and honor or kind of announce who the winner was based on questions and stuff like that. So I'm gonna we're going with the one that you said. Wow, that's a great question, um, and it was the name that I couldn't pronounce. It's I think it's Smiliana underscore Kaplan. So I'm sure I tore, I tore that up, but Smiliana, you won a full head to toe fit. Uh, for Brooks, um, but also really quick. So sorry to to stretch this out. Can you just talk to me? Like, cause I've been I've been able. I met some of the Brooks folks in Austin um, mm-hmm. at TRE, and that's where I actually met you in person. Um, and they are just really dope people. And but I'd love to kind of hear like your thoughts on like how Brooks has been as a company. With you know you you've grown with them over the years, um, and they've they've seemed like they've empowered you um, as a runner and as a person. Um, so if you could talk about like how Brooks has played a role in all that we see. I'd love to kind of touch on that for a second as well. Yeah, I mean, there's no way I would be here without Brooks. I think it's they've just been super supportive. Um, 
across the board. I mean, they have the Beasts in Seattle, the Hansons in Michigan, and then a handful of uh, people who are kind of rogue, I guess. But in, to have their support um, financially, but also I think they're one of the few companies that, you know, it's not about performance right now. It's about a long-time commitment, mm-hmm. and um, they gave me the chance to grow and get better and develop as an athlete. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, having committed, been with them for a good amount of years, it's uh, the relationships kind of changed to, well, what else would you like to do? What are things that you're passionate um, about within the sport or, you know, social issues outside the sport? Uh, they've been open to conversations about any and every topic mm-hmm. and, and, you know, making sure as a person and as an athlete, I'm happy. So um, it's really rare. I think yeah, there's not a lot of yeah. companies who would do that. And um, I'm super fortunate. So yeah, yeah, it, 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 true. It is really, really cool to see like a brand, you know, stand behind someone and then you get kind of get to see them grow, um, you know, over the course of their career. And it's almost like, um, you know, you, you're a really good fan, of, you know, a friend of uh, Jared Ward. And he also says, like, you know, the, the way that his his brand has stuck behind him through the ups and the downs has just empowered him to like to not because you, you, you don't have to push yourself to to, to the point of breaking your body just to kind of keep a contract so i think that that's really dope and to see what they've done with you and see what you know all the things you're growing to do and sticking with them i think it's re- really cool uh aaron said did did you ask about the gucci drip because you are um <laughs> we've we've seen many pictures many of pictures with uh with des and gucci so it's all, um, it's all the same stuff just a different filter okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, yeah man, i gotta keep pushing on on that one we gotta like uh Kit you, tour kit. Yeah, you got to do like a, a Brooks and Gucci collab. Like, you know, yeah. you got your, you got to do your Kanye moment. You know what I mean? Get you a little line <laughs> uh, and you'll have a bunch of people out there running Boston with Gucci uh, Brooks. There we go. That'd be Sick. nice. But all right. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Dez. Uh, thank you, everyone, for watching. And make sure that you run, eat, sleep, and repeat. Thank you. You got it.